Welcome back to the Character Corner with your host Chris and Deepom here, and uh, we are back here to uh, do the first part of a two-part. I believe it's going to be two part, only two parts of uh, Captain Marvel. Um, we uh, we normally go through uh, pick your like. I think the last two Character Corners we did were the history of comics, and we got we got pretty good uh, feedback from them. People really loved how we uh, we broke down the uh, the different ages and eras of comic books. But um, we are now back back into uh, doing what we our bread and butter is, which is taking some character or a group of characters and breaking down their comic book history. And um, this is going to be this is going to be an interesting one because um, the name Captain Marvel uh, not only spans across several characters in in the Marvel universe. There's also the whole thing of it wasn't even <laughs> it belonged to a whole other publisher at one point. Which we'll get more in the details on that when we do the Sazam episode next month. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit here because we got to talk about how Marvel is petty and how they they got the name. Um, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna focus uh, these. This first part is going to focus mainly on Marvel and then his son. Um, uh, what's it? Uh, Genisvel, Ginny, uh, <clears throat> as uh, Rick Jones called him at one point. Which Rick Jones can be an asshole sometimes. Um, yeah. So that's going to be focused on this part, and then and, and it's kind of weird because it normally we go in chronological order, um, but we're not for this one. Just, I, I just felt it was better to break out Marvel by himself, and then we're going to do Monica and and Carol uh, Danvers, the, the the next two big names that had the Captain Marvel um, moniker. We'll bring those out uh, in a separate episode, in the next episode there. We're going to mention a little bit of Carol here because we have to because she basically you know, was her second appearance was the second issue that Captain Marvel was in. Um, but we're really not going to focus on we'll, we'll kind of go when we get to Carol, we'll go all the way back to her beginning and then go through her really t- on again, off again, terrible history, which is something <laughs> we'll start with Monica that first episode and then we'll go into uh, digging through Carol, which whew, Carol, uh, like her and Wonder Woman, man, they're. They're, they're early histories, man. They, it's really, really not great. It's, it's not great. So, um, but because there's not a lot to do, a whole lot to do with Captain Marvel, because, spoiler alert, he was killed by cancer in the 80s. Okay. Go ahead. No, no. No, no, no go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You seemed... it's, this is so weird for me, because revisiting this and thinking back, like, if, if, if you gave me the keys to the Marvel Universe and said, I've got the whole toys, I can recreate the reality... In my world, Marvel is a founding Avenger. Mm-hmm. Like his death, I know it's it's so weird now because I know a lot of people, a lot of maybe casual viewers or, or listeners, are thinking, "Hey, Captain Marvel, I came here about Carol. I came here about what's coming out in the movie, and we're going to get to that. I promise." But it's really important we start with Marvel. You have to. You have to because, like, we all think of Cap as this upper upstanding wonderful like beacon of light in the superhero community and he is all those things marvell was at first though yeah he was the gold standard he was literally he was superman he was an alien not of this world who decided to love and fight for it to the point where except that his race didn't die (laughs) yeah his race came back and was like hey man what the fuck and he's like "I, i stand with earth he got labeled a traitor, traitor for it to the point, and spoiler alert, getting all the way to his death, his people didn't, were the only, his enemy showed up, his people did not show up to his death. That's how, like, 
much they turned their back on him. So, um, yeah, man, like, we're, again, we're going to get into Carol, but like you said, in order to do all that, we have to start with uh, Marvel, And even before then, um, we're going to go a little bit more, and we're going to start a little bit, just do a little bit of a dive, uh, not a deep, deep, deep dive, but a little bit of dive into the scroll and the Cree because we also kind of need to deal with them as well. Cause one, they're in the movie coming up and two, uh, you can't really talk about Marvel without talking about the Korean scroll. Um, uh, and we've kind of, sure. we've mentioned, we've mentioned both. We've, we've mentioned them throughout this whole thing because this is other thing too, that kind of, that, that, that I love about doing these character corners. The more, the deeper and deeper we get in, the more characters we do, the more and more I can go, well, go back and listen to this episode, and go back and listen to this episode, and go back and do this, because uh, there's a huge chunk of this where we're going to basically, like, hey, go back and listen to our Thanos episode, you know, when we covered, because we covered Thanos and the Infinity uh, Stones, but we, that also was also us kind of covering uh, Marvel Cosmic, same thing when we did uh, Hickman's uh, Fantastic Four run, like, when you get into Marvel Cosmic, it's, it's so vast, and, it, and it's why when we were watching Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time and they mentioned the dead celestial, we were all like, whoa, are they going to do that? That changes everything. Like, you know, that opens up a whole other world here. Um, and, and I'm really interested in it. So, um, but yeah, so uh, just real quick. Um, so uh, Captain Marvel is the, was the original Captain Marvel. Uh, Kree warrior spy. They became a hero. Uh, the n- next two episodes we'll be covering Monica Rambeau, the uh, black woman who had several titles, Captain Marvel, Photon, I think Pulsar, and now she's Spectrum. And then we'll also we'll finish up with Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel, Binary, Warbird, uh, Captain Marvel. Um, and we might throw a little bit in there with Kamala at the end because it's not really Captain Marvel, but she's Miss Marvel now. But we'll deal with all that there. So um, <clears throat> now before I get into this and we start jumping into some of the Kree and Scroll things, I was swap thinking about this. Not really. I didn't bring this up to Deepon first, and it's not. Again, it's not something bad. It's a discussion I want to have with you, um, because it's something. See, see, I don't like the way you. Why would I trust you? Is At question. this point, I'm being. I when have I led you astray the last few times? Let, don't don't do that. Let's just let's just let's just ask the question. How about that? <laughs> um, you know, so I was going through this, and I was thinking. I was thinking about you know we've been having this discussion about DC and Marvel films and how DC's been struggling with um, their versions of characters. Like, what version of Robin do you put on the screen? And DC's answer has been to kind of make an, a, a combination of all of them. So you get this Titan show that has... The character's name is Dick Grayson, but he's looking like uh, Tim Drake, and he's acting like Jason Todd, right? You have... The right. same thing happened when we did... Uh, they, they did Justice League Doom, where... It should have been Wally West because Jesse Lee Doom happens to win Wally West as the Flash, but they name him Barry Allen, but he behaves like Wally West in the show. It's like they have this thing where they don't know what, what version of the character to make, so they kind of just make this uh, uh, combination character, and it, it leaves everybody kind of wanting, right? And I'm looking at what Marvel's doing and how they're doing the Captain Marvel, um, and there's still some 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 back and forth from who uh, Jude Law is playing. It's some saying he's playing Marvel. Some saying he's playing with a uh, young um, Rog, the uh, Cap- uh, Marvel's um, commanding officer that betrayed him. But just going with the idea that he's playing Marvel, you're getting basically a look at, in this Captain Marvel film, you're going to look at all three of the major captains. You get uh, Marvel, you're getting Carol, 
And then you get a young Monica. So it feels like Marvel's basically doing something in their film so that no matter where you fell into um, Captain Marvel, whether it's before the 80s, whether it's after the 80s, when it was like, some people were like, you know, Monica's my Captain Marvel because that's who she was. And when I was reading, that's, that's my Captain Marvel. And then some are like, people read now, it's like, it's Carol Danvers. It's always been Carol Danvers. They don't know any better. When you watch this film now, you have something for everybody. Everybody can find a character they recognize and know, and that character can grow into who they want it to be. And I feel like that's the thing that, if there's one thing I would tell DC to do, is kind of something like that. Like, so they're trying to find a way to make one character that tries to fit across all of your spectrum. Just make them multiple characters. Whether you got to change the timelines or change something like that, because you're never going to satisfy... It feels like they're trying too hard to satisfy all these, all, all the versions with one character, and it just doesn't work. Right. You know, I, I just, it, it's, it's something that just stood out to me because I was looking at this, I'm like, wait, you're, we're about to get all three Captain Marvels, or, or at least characters that play Captain Marvel in this. Same thing they did with uh, Spider-Man. If, if, if Marvel's in it. Let's if, always go. Right, right. Marvel if Marvel's in it. Right, he might not be. But even then, if he's not, what do they do? Let's say he's not. The way around that is, they still use his costume. The, 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 the early green uh, Cree costume, which everybody freaked out about when they saw Carol, and was like, that's not the costume. Why is she wearing green? It was like, because well, that's the Marvel costume. You have something that you can latch on to, right? There's something there. There's, there, there's, some kind of, there's some kind of homage there. There's some kind of like, acknowledgement of, hey, I see, look, look we're not going to put Marvel in the film, but look, we're going to do his costume. We're going we're gonna to show you that you know, we understand where you guys are coming from and have you something that you can kind of relate to. It's the Comic Code Authority patch coming before in the Spider Verse. It's that nod, that wink, saying that we love it too and we care. Right. You know, it's and and I think that's the thing that DC has been missing is that they they're focused so much. Like I was saying since the day, you know, again, I'm not going to go too much into this, but they're talking about doing this this movie, The Trench, right? And somebody came out <laughs> and was like, oh, they just keep mining things from New Fifty Two, and I'm like, I don't have a problem, with, especially that, like the Trench little series in. Uh, New 52 for, for uh, Aquaman wasn't bad, but that should have been the first fucking film. You don't need a separate film on on just that. You definitely don't want to do one without Aquaman in it. Right. You definitely don't want to do one without Aquaman in it. That's stupid. But, like, it's not the fact that they, they, don't, they mine from New 52. It's that they're mining from New 52, but then their current books and, and Rebirth don't really are trying to erase what New 52 does. And New 52 erase what they, they happened before. So, because DC keeps erasing their past, they can't mine it, right? Whereas right. Marvel is there. They can always give you a wink and a nod. You know, you can, you can do a Spider-Man Homecoming and then have, you know, Miles' uncle in there and basically kind of not show Miles, but kind of give a wink and a nod of, at some point, maybe you'll get a Miles film. You know, you can do things like that. DC just, they can't, you know? It's just, I don't know. That's the thing that, this, that, 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 that it, it, I got the idea because I was thinking about the, the, one, the first issue of, um, Snyder's Batman, where he had all the Robins in there, where, where Bruce mm-hmm. is getting ready to go to that uh, function, and he has the facial recognition software go off to test the facial recognition software on everybody there. And so you have you have you have Dick, you have Jason, you have uh, Tim, you even have fucking uh, 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 Damon there, right? And Damon's Look making the crack. Make Damon, yeah, Damon's making the crack about how the facial recognition software might not recognize Tim because he's not around there as much. You know, it's just like. You, you have all three of those Robins there. So everybody, no matter who you care, who, no, what Robin you, is your Robin, they're represented. They're all there. 
you know? And I just think that's something that the DC is looking to doing because, you know, it kind of works. Or at least make a decision on which one you're going to do and don't make them all mix. That too. That too. So just make a decision. Just make a decision and stand by it. All right. Don't be cowards. Yep. All right. So let's get into this. Let's start with the scrolls first uh, because they came first. uh, And I didn't realize their first appearance was Pentecostal 4 number 2. Yeah. Which basically goes that, again, we, we talked about this last. Uh, in the in the in the first part of our, our comic book history stuff, um, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were on a, a tear. They were cranking out some bang, absolute bangers, batting a thousand for like four years. I, I just like it's amazing. I, it's just how do you? <laughs> how do it's you? It's mind boggling. It's like wait, wait, wait. So, so you guys made Spider Man, and then like the fact that there's an end then after yeah, we created Spider Man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, so they created the uh, the scrolls in in that point, and so it, it, it's it's funny to me because the scrolls, the Kree, and technically Earth all kind of have the same a common thread in them, and it's um, celestials fucking with us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know we and we talk again. Go back, listen to our our apocalypse and Mister Sinister episode. We talk about the Celestials and their experiments and the, how they would, would create three groups in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, um, a native species. It would be uh, the Primes, the Eternals, and the Deviants. And I believe with the scrolls, so with, with, with Earth, the Deviants end up being mutants. Uh, the Primes are the normal, regular humans. And the Eternals are the ones that end up leaving Earth and going and forming, you know, where are they go? They well, went to Titan. They went to Titan. And that's where you get, you know, somebody like Thanos being a deviant and the t- whatever, right? It's it's all there. We cover both of that in the Apocalypse episode and in the t- in the um, Thanos episode. But same thing happens with the scrolls. Um, the uh, the primes were the normals. The Eternals were deviants, and uh, the demi- the deviants became the dominant species after wiping out the Eternals and the and the, um, and the primes in the Civil War. And the deviants were the ch- the shape changing scrolls that we know that can change. Uh, change their shapes. Um, the capital is Tarnax Four, and let me see. Let's go into the Cree, and then we'll kind of go into how the scrolls and the Cree both deal with Earth, because it's it. always putting us in there. So then the 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 Cree. So you get the first appearance of the scrolls in in issue two of the Fantastic Four. Uh, we get the Cree in Fantastic Four sixty five, which I got to go back to again. Whoever did the, whoever lost rights for Marvel when they started doing the movies sucked. But the one thing they did do a good job of, somehow allowing it so that Marvel still held on to the Kree and the Scrolls, even though they were both founded in the Fantastic Four and most heavily deal with the Fantastic Four. They must have looked, somebody looked up or somebody just, somebody was sleep at the wheel on the other side that somehow the Kree ended up staying with Marvel as well. So. Interesting thing there. Um, the Kree as well also were, um, uh, the Kree were not just the Celestials. It was also, what was it? The, the, pro, the progenitors. Those did mm-hmm. the, the inhumans. You had the Celestials, um, again, Eternals and Deviants. Um, and uh, you had this weird, like, it, it doesn't happen. It happens later on in, in, the, in the timeline reading it. But I went and read, what was it, Avengers 133 and 134 that explain the scroll and the start of the scroll in Kree War. 
and and how the the scroll weren't a war race at the time um and were kind of going amongst different races that didn't have uh the same technology that they did and were trying to determine who was who could join the scree, the, the scroll empire and they came to uh the the Cree home world and found two 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 races one just one looks like human the the, the normal Cree look like humans they don't have blue skin they look human and then there was a plant-like uh, species as well. And um, uh, they were basically given a year to, to build and impress the scroll. And the plant-like <laughs> creatures actually basically made a beautiful life. They planted seeds, and they basically made a barren you know, world. And I think it was the, the blue side of the moon. They basically made the, the barren side like completely full of life. And the Cree the like, basically built just like a military structure. And so the scrolls were like, ah, well, I think, think we're going to go with them. And the Kree slaughtered them. And that kind of kicked off the Kree scroll world, a war that kind of lasted for centuries after that. And um, the Kree and scrolls have been at each other's throats ever since, you know. Um, Until we got involved and they drove both the side and they really hated us. Well, it, it's, well it's because Earth is a, it, it, Earth has a strategic uh, location. <laughs> we, we just have to be prime. We're prime That's real how it estate. Started. And then, like, once Earth beats you back, it becomes a well, fuck Earth too. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is one of those types of deals. It's like it. We show. We show. Uh, they show up thinking they're going to easily conquer Earth, and us Earthlings are just. We're a little bit. Resilient. We don't die easy. We really don't. We really don't. Um, before we get into that, uh, more into that though, uh, the. <laughs> The Cree don't. They, they apparently never listened to a "Do you even sci-fi, bro?" Um, and they created <laughs> this thing called uh, the Supreme War or the Supreme Intelligence, which basically created from the greatest Cree minds. They they basically removed their brains and assimilated them like the Borg into the thing because they wanted they they wanted to create a cosmic cube because the scrolls had a cosmic cube. So they were like, well, "We are going to create our own cosmic cube." So they created this big like monstrosity that looks like a giant floating head that's a brain of all these other millions of other brains and eventually it becomes the supreme leader of the Kree most times um and uh they kind of worship it like it's a church it's kind of it's, yes. it's weird it's, it's very very weird and then there's also Ronan who we covered before who sometimes is leading the Kree and then sometimes is following the supreme intelligence Always has his own designs anyway, so just yeah, throwing it out there. Just kind of cool. Um, but yeah, we'll cover more of the Kree and the scrolls later on. I, we're we're pretty much saying they're gonna do secret invasion, right? They kind of have to. Yeah. Like they've set themselves up nicely to do secret invasion. Um, we've seen the preview for Agents of Shield. So something telling you know something telling there. Um yeah, it's uh, it's I, I think so. Without us having any sort of inside knowledge, this is literally just us guessing on the podcast. But yes, I believe so. Yeah, so we'll we'll cover more into uh, the scrolls and, and secret invasion when when that happens. We've covered the Kree a lot already because we did the Inhumans. Um, but the big thing here is kind of remember is the start here is that the Kree and and the scrolls are at war. Earth is a strategic location. And, you know, the, the, the scrolls have already been to Earth, impersonated the Fantastic Four, got beaten back. Um, the Kree then came down themselves with, with Ronan the Accuser and, 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 and were trying to take over, 
you now have, um, I guess you can enter in uh, Captain Marvel and uh, his mission to kind of infiltrate Earth and be a spy. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that. But before then, we, we do got to talk about how Marvel even got the Car- Captain Marvel name back. <laughs> it's so good. It's so so um, so we already talked about this in again in part one of the com- uh, the, the com- I also love that this podcast has turned into a place where we just kind of it's like just littered with editor's notes in like a, a late eighties Marvels uh, uh, book. Yeah, where it's like please see issue sixty. Yeah, yeah, go back and see that that, that episode we did on the part one of the comic book history. But uh, Fossil Comics uh, created their Captain Marvel uh, that was a little bit too close to um. Superman, and we're going to get into this later on, I want to say they should have been smart like Marvel because there's a lot of similarities between what Marvel ends up doing with Captain Marvel and what Fawcett was doing with Captain Marvel. And I was like, Marvel was just smarter with it so they wouldn't get, so like you can't sue them because it's different enough. But I'm like, so you have a young boy that can train into a superhero. They kind of do the same thing with Rick Jones and Captain Marvel. It's but brilliant. Yeah, it, it's, brilliant. It's, it's such a petty and brilliant move. And if you read some of the comics, at some point when, when Captain Marvel's fighting, the words are Sazam. And I'm just like, this one point, I was reading one issue where Captain where, where Rick Jones was doing something, he kicked a pillow, and on the pillow was the Captain Marvel, uh, was the, the, the Sazam like, lightning bolt. I was like, they are so fucking petty right now. It is ridiculous. What are you going to do? Sue me? Like, that's basically what they're saying. Right. They were basically begging for it. So anyway, this, this, this uh, lawsuit came in 1951. Copyright infringement uh, in, in, in 53. Um, and uh, Goodman and, and Sam were like, we want that name. We we're, calling, we're calling our company Marvel. We want the Captain Marvel name. There was another company that was using it at the time, and they paid for um, they paid for uh, I think Marvel at the time paid the other company to get the, the copyright and get that name. Um, the one caveat, and this is why you see a Captain Marvel comic as much, it's the same thing that happened with Wonder Woman. It's like they have to keep making Captain Marvel comics or they will lose or they will lose the rights. So that's why there's been there's like you'll look and there's always a Captain Marvel comic every few years. It's for that right. Mm-hmm. They have to have a Captain Marvel. Which also explains when he dies, they bring in a new Captain Marvel. It's like we if, right. we, if we lose it. It, it goes back, and we definitely know DC's going to try to grab it up because they have the original, quote unquote, original Captain Marvel. So it's just. At one point, we're going to do a DC, a DC and Marvel history. And maybe we can just do. Maybe it's not even a DC, a separate DC and Marvel history. Maybe it's just the DC versus Marvel just back the, and forth. The, the history of the feud. The history of the feud, because, again, this was. Uh, Captain Marvel makes his de- de- uh, a debut in 1967. You know, th- it's it's within five years they decided they were going to start taking shots at DC. Like it was this. Yeah, it's a war. It's a, yeah. So, uh, created by Stan Lee and designed by Gene Colan, uh, and I think Gene, uh, 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 Gene and Roy Thomas then took over writing for the rest of that. Um, uh, Marvel de- debuted in Marvel Superheroes number 12, December 1967, and uh, Marvel Superheroes 13, uh, Carol Danvers, uh, also debuts. Now, Carol debuts as she's the um, she's a regular human, she's head of the um, the cape, she's a um, security officer, human, 
Um, she will not get powers until I want to say when that Miss Marvel uh, comic shows up in the seventy. Yeah. So she kind of just stays there. She's kind of she. she re- I mean, when I say she's a background character, she's literally a background ca- character, close to almost like being a a um a damsel in distress at some point, even though she is uh, the security tre- chief of the Cape, uh, the secure the restricted military base. Um. So also remember that this is like being written in the sixties, and they made it put the woman in charge of security. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think that because even the Miss Marvel book, again, not to get ahead of ourselves, but even the Miss Marvel book was kind of seen as kind of being, you know, ahead of his time when it came to female characters. So, again, we're gonna get into the troubled history of Carol. Um, the troubled history doesn't it, it doesn't start off right away. Like, there's there are things that are are always gonna be there because of the time period. The troubled history comes in when somebody, I think what was it the late 80s, maybe early 90s, when the whole rape thing goes and it just goes downhill from there. Like, it's late 80s, yeah. Yeah, that's when that comes in. But like, up front, it's not, she's not that bad. Um, like like we, said, we said before, uh, Captain Marvel is a Kree soldier sent to spy on Earth um, and decide if they're a threat to the Kree Empire. He takes on the identity of a scientist, Walter Lawson, and that's how... Uh, Carol Danvers meets him because he's a pretending to be a soldier. Because again, remember, um, not every Cree is blue faced. Some are regular, you know, look like regular white people, you know. Um, and so they can uh, uh, they can blend in, which also was the powers of Captain Marvel. Is it? Is it? It was interesting doing the reading for this because his powers. It's not that they change, but it's a gradual change with the story. To where right. he started from where he ends up like when he starts when, when Marvel shows up in, in that with that green on that on that cover of Captain Marvel number one, um, and he's in that green uh Cree suit, he's just a regular Cree. He has normal Cree strength. It's a little bit more stronger than your average human being because of just space. They use it because of well, the lower gravity of of, of, of our home world. Yeah, but, uh, yeah they're strong because it's heavier gravity on Hala. Yeah, yeah, just the, the basics, right? Um, he has uh, uh was it the 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 photons? That, that, what was the 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 um I'm trying to think? The gun? The the guns they had, yeah. The unibeam. The unibeam. There we go. Couldn't I couldn't remember what it was. I knew it was something silly. He had a unibeam. <laughs> it's, it's basically a it's basically a ray gun. I mean, we're gonna be honest. It's a ray yeah. gun. It's a ray gun. Yeah. He has a ray gun. All right, he has a fucking ray gun. He's a he's a he's a sp- alien spaceman with a ray gun. Um, uh, and, and his, 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 I, I think his, um, his suit can allow him to fly a little bit there, but it's not, he's, he does not have any, there are no superpowers with Captain Marvel. He's a guy in a suit. You're right. He, not, and not even, no, not even really a guy in a suit. Not even, it's not even like an Iron Man suit. It's like literally yeah, like, a guy in a, literally like just, oh, it's a suit he wears sometimes. Right. Right. It's, you know, and that's it. And his whole thing is to gather Intel and send it back to, um, his superiors and, and, and the rest of the Cree. And what he ends up finding is he, um, he kind of, it's kind of partial to the, to the humans. He, he finds himself interfering in, uh, when things go down and, and, and showing up to help them kind of endangering his mission. And, uh, his superior is not very happy about that. (laughs) Um, and, uh, He's kind of, um, he's also, uh, there's a, can't remember who, you know, uh, what, what her job was. She was like, was he the science officer? 
the woman that he loved. I want to say she was the science officer. And um, she was helping him. His superior, uh, Colonel uh, Jan Rog, um, kind of just like, you know what? We got to kill Captain Marvel. He's, he's kind of, um, he's, he's gone too deep undercover. He's, he's starting to feel for the humans. He's going to jeopardize our, 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 our position. And so um, he is found uh, guilty. He's sentenced to death. Um, uh, but uh, uh, he escapes, and then he gets manipulated by Ronan, the, the accuser, and um, uh, the Kree minister, uh, Zarek, to kind of overthrow the, um, the supreme intelligence. He, he basically gets manipulated. Yes. He gets manipulated. He he gets he gets manipulated, and th- this is all happening within the first mm, sixteen issues of Captain Marvel number one. Like, so the manipulation's weird because they turned on him first. Yeah, the yeah. Kree tried to have him killed. He escapes through the rocket ship, but like the Kree tried to murder him for helping his homeworld. But this is the first time where you're right, the, the logical evolution of the character, because when being manipulated by Zarek and Ronan, they're like, you need better power, son. Right. They give him an upgrade. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like, he's, he is an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. They download new powers into him. Like, it's, it is, it, it is so crazy. Again, this is the 60s. This is, it, it, it's crazy even for the 60s. Like, I was reading this yeah. stuff going like, but, it, it, but it's, it's also not bad. No, but especially knowing where it ends up with like the Rick Jones stuff, you're like, wait, wait, wait. So it feels like, honestly, if you pitch this, they'd be like, well, why are you wasting all this time as other stuff? Yeah. But it's so crucial that we get the picture. It's almost like the Steve Rogers thing where, like, I just want to do good. I just hate bullies. Yeah. It, and even when he was just a guy with like, a ray gun, he wanted to do good. And so he gets more and more abilities to do more and more good. And that's what got me. It's like when I was reading this, again, this is early 60s stuff. I, and I'm reading, I'm going like, but this is always the plan, because like it it you gotta it, think it, it was right. It has to be because it goes, it, it literally goes from him being like you said this a spaceman in, with a with a military uniform to um the uh and and and, and Zarek kind of comes to him like and, and and pretends like he's uh the uh, a god, so he believes so he he he's manipulates or uh, um. It manipulates Marvel. Marvel Marvel goes back, and he, he's given like uh, the powers at that point are uh, flight, strength, and and he's got more powerful phot- uh, photon beams now or unibeams now. Um, he confronts uh, the supreme intelligence, kind of reveals the plot that it's really he's being manipulated by Zarek and 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 um, and Ronan the Accuser, um, and Marvel kind of turns on them, and then the supreme intelligence is like, you know what? I'm glad you helped. You know what? You, we did send you to death. We did, we did kind of, you know, exile you. But it's because you kind of, you, you're not really about Kree life right now. You kind of seem more partial to the human beings. So we, he um, updates him with costume. That's where he gets the, the blue and red costume that has become more associated with what Captain Marvel is. Um, and also uh, updates, his, um, updates his powers one more time. Uh, and he's like, "All right, cool. You, you, we're, we're gonna, we're, we stripped you of your rank before. We'll call you Captain Marvel from now on, almost like a, almost like a, a uh, almost like a joke because you're, you're not mm-hmm. gonna be, you're not gonna be Kree anymore. Uh, and then sends him back to Earth, but he gets trapped in the negative zone. 
16 issues. As, guys. as one is wanting to do. 16 issues. 16 issues. Like, this, had, like this had to be the plan, Chris. Right. But, but again, like to me, if it was a plan, and, and I know it might sound like I'm, I'm, saying, I'm criticizing, I'm not. It's like, it's a pretty ballsy plan. It's a, it's fucking, a very ballsy plan. It's a fucking crazy plan. So then you're like, okay, so he has a new costume, he has new powers, and what the fuck is he going to do? Now he's trapped in the negative zones. Like, what the fuck are we going to do now? Enter Rick Jones. So, um, we, it's, it's so funny, we don't know this, like we've never really, we've mentioned Rick Jones here and there, but uh, Rick Jones is like that, 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 that kid who's, oh, that, that guy who's always in the background. Of, he's Coulson. He's, the, he's Coulson from the MCU. Yeah, you know what? That's a hell of a way to put like it. Like if, right. if they'd ever called him, like Colson's a cover name. His name's Rick Jones. Like that's what I'm like. I get it. Holy shit! That is, that is. Thank you. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Yo, what if what if what if this Colson that we see coming back? What if he goes? Yo, Colson never heard of him. My name is Rick Jones. <laughs> I'm a loser, yo. Hi, Harris Marvel. Oh man, that's crazy. But you gotta gotcha. forget, like Rick Jones is the one that got the the, the first Avengers together. Like he's yep. always been there. He's you know uh, first appearance in, in Incredible Hulk number one. Like he's always kind of been this background. He was uh, um almost kind of like the new Bucky, kind of a sidekick to to uh, Captain America. Captain he had America a, for he, a while. Right? He had an Avengers card. Like he had his. Yeah. He had a card to the. He's like one of the few humans that with no power or nothing you could just walk into the Avengers mansion because he had an Avengers card. Like he was. You know, talk about a come up going from like, you know, <laughs> the equivalent of a, um, the equivalent of a, the, 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 the president of a fan club to being a card carrying member of the Avengers. It's like, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. So anyway, um, Captain Marvel's tr- stuck in the negative zone and, uh, Rick Jones has had a little fallout with, um, Captain America, who we didn't know at the time was actually. Uh, the Red Skull posing at Captain America. Um, and he's, he gets this feeling, and, and, and Rick Jones, uh, uh, Marvell can contact, can, can kind of urge Rick Jones to go to the certain place, and he urges him to kind of go to this place to pick up these things, that these Kree nega bands. And Rick Jones puts them on, and this is when, <laughs> again. He basically yells Shazam. Huh? Yeah. He basically I, just yells Shazam. This is where... Because when when did when did DC bring Sazam in? Look that up. Yeah, look that up. Because I really want to know when they actually did their first comic. Because what happens is anytime Rick Jones uh, bangs the two nega uh, nega bands together, he switches places with Captain Marvel. Marvel comes. Nineteen seventy two in DC Comics. Nineteen seventy two. So technically, <laughs> tech, well, actually, no. I'm thinking about it now because if if Marvel shows up, I'm wondering what the date on, I'm wondering what the date on Captain Marvel number sixteen is, or fifteen. Come on, I'm trying to see what the date is. Sixty oh sixty eight looks like. Yeah. Oh no, the series. That's that's when the series was. I'm wondering when the actual issue. On the they may live, the galaxy must die. So fifteen dropped on sixty eight. So I guess about sixty nine. So this. So, uh, so about sixty nine, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. So they technically beat beat DC even back to this. So, <laughs> um, it's kind of clever. Petty, saying. just petty. It's petty as shit. So 
again, so anytime that the, the, the bands are struck in the in in, in, in our universe, uh, whoever is on that universe switches places and goes to negative zone. So when the bands are struck uh, the first time, Rick Jones gets sent into the negative zone and Marvell gets sent to uh, it switches places with him. And so basically, what you have is you have this young kid who can then become a super powered uh, a, a person who has super strength. Uh, photon beams and all this other stuff. It's it's Shazam. They made Shazam again, but they did it so it's different enough, and they used the elements of their already existing in the Marvel universe that it it, it is lawsuit proof. They use sci-fi instead of magic, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's lawsuit proof. They and and by by easing into it in the first. So, and again, remember, he, his first appearance wasn't even the Captain Marvel series. His first appearance was the year before in uh, Marvel Superheroes. So by using this year and a half to kind of set it up, almost like two years, they made it, it was foolproof. Like, you know, we want we wanted, we wanted to take that character's exam and do the same thing, but on our, on our side. And it worked. <laughs> I, credit where credit's due, man. They 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 worked it. So and so when you see uh, Captain Marvel, most time he'll have these little gold bands. That, those are the Nega bands, and it, it it becomes interesting because like it's Rick can con- the, the the whoever's stuck in the negative zone, they can communicate with a person who's in 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 our universe, and it's always funny sometimes having those conversations. Sometimes they're fun. Like I'm not gonna lie, um, when we get down to doing um. His son, uh, uh, Janice, um, I love what Peter David did with that because <laughs> Rick is like the older. Like at this point, Rick is kind of still the sidekick, right? He's always been the sidekick. He's now a sidekick who has powers. And in that issue, he's like he didn't have powers, but he actually knows more about the powers than than, <clears throat> than Captain Marvel's son does. So he's kind of telling him he's like, "Hey, man, you should do this. Hey, you should do this. Hey, man, don't do that." You know, it's it's it, he becomes like the, you, know, you know what it becomes it becomes the Firestorm dynamic. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so I, I don't know man um, it, adds, it adds this new element here and then you get as you go through this you start seeing there's different things that come with this like from uh, when, when uh, you get to the when it's the sun you get to deal with him it's not the negative zone it's the microverse and, yep. and Rick basically forms a whole fucking life in the microverse <laughs> so, Rick adjusts really well <laughs> yo I, Rick's I, a survivor Rick's gone through a lot so I, I yes. think yeah, yeah, I think I think Rick has the spot. So anyway, um yeah, so uh you now have Captain Marvel and Rick Jones are now bonded. Um I think the next big thing I mean and we go through here, uh Captain Marvel at number eighteen, Carol gets injured uh in the middle of a fight between Captain Marvel and his old uh colonel. Um not a doesn't seem like a big deal because she survives. It becomes a big deal because that's going to be where she reveals that her powers, uh, where she becomes Miss Marvel is. But we'll come back to that when we do uh, Carol Danvers deep dive uh, next episode. So, but just just know that's where they kind of go back and again, it's the Marvel retconning, taking something small that happens that you don't think is a big deal, and then years later coming back and going like, actually, that little inconsequential thing, actually a pretty fucking big deal. You know, I think it's a great way because that way you can mine your past and never have to worry about. You know, I, I know some people don't like that, but I think I think it's just a cleaner thing than trying to reboot every time. You know, so um, I guess the next big thing would be the Kree Scroll War. 
Yep. Which you can get through uh, Avengers 89 through 97. Um, and I, I believe from just seeing some of the previews, I'm pretty sure that's kind of what we're going to be getting with this Captain Marvel movie. Some kind of form of I think version it's where, of I think we're going to get the beginnings of this war. I think that the Kree Skull War is about to be all of Phase five, Phase Four. Oh, okay. I think that okay. So spoilers on how I feel this is all about to unfold. Um, I think that Agents of Shield with the with the promo they showed and Phil Col and uh, Carter X saying he's not playing Phil Coulson in the in the uh, interviews. The scrolls are here, and that the outcome of Captain Marvel because it's set in the past reveals that that's when either the scrolls lost their planet or they lost a regiment on this Earth and they've been building their forces ever since. Mm-hmm. And that we're gonna some, they're gonna merge the secret invasion angle and the Kree Scroll War into one massive angle, and I think that's gonna be one of the reasons why Spider Man, why Fury's gone dark again, mm-hmm. because just like in the books, it become he becomes the one person who knows the, the, the even has a, a beginning of the grasp of the things that they're capturing, and I think that the Black Widow movie, everyone says it's gonna be a prequel. I think that she is spy master hunting scrolls is a whole different movie. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it makes sense to me that because again, you got to remember. So one thing to understand, while this this little, you know, 89 to 97 is called the Kree Scroll War, um, the Kree Scroll War does not end. It is. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this is a snapshot of said right. war. This, this, this is not the end of the right. war. This war. And I want to something else that you, that, you were, that you just brought up in my head. Up to this point, like largely the Marvel Universe has been standing Jack in the 60s. Yeah. And for phase four to kick off the way we think it is, the Kree Scroll War was, what was it, 71? Was it 71, I think? I want to say, yeah. 71 to 72. This is the beginning of the next phase of Marvel Comics. And, like, it's so wild because everyone's like, oh, this is crazy. Marvel, the plan. I'm like, they do have a plan. It's called all the books they wrote in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why we're going to, I think, that the first X movie that happens in the, in the Marvel Universe will be giant size X Men. Makes sense. That team is the team that we talked about. That's the team. That's the team. That is the team that launched the X-Men. So, um, but going back to the Creed Scroll War, like, I, I, I feel like it's a, like, and again, it makes sense why this is set in the, in the 90s, because again, you're, you're dealing with, uh, they're basically making Carol more uh, of a, a human, it looks like a, I don't, I don't know if they're making Carol a human uh, Cree hybrid or if he's a, Cree that lost, forgot she's a Cree, and then she go whatever way they're doing it. I, they, I think they've definitely done it. There's, there's, I don't know if you read the new miniseries. Um, no. I forget who wrote it. I apologize. I think. Oh, I know what you're talking right, about. The, you're talking about the little miniseries they made on, on Carol Danvers that kind of changed her origin? Yes. Yeah. I didn't read it yet, but I did hear about that. I read, I read it. It's really good. Okay. Um, oh, I'm trying to see the new. See if I can find the new miniseries. Oh, see, now I hit mini, and it's just a bunch of other things that you can buy. <laughs> but, but like again, going with this Kree Scroll War, it makes sense because uh, again, you're now bringing it by by uh, the reason why I believe that this is going to be part. This is like the kickoff of it, or at least part of it, or at least when at least when Earth becomes aware of it, because and it makes sense. Think about it. In the past, this is what kind of kick. Uh, listen to that first trailer and what um, Fury says. What, what Sam Jackson Fury right. says. He says. I was about to hang it all up. And then you fell from the sky. And it's like, this is going to be what kicks off uh, Fury, his whole determination of moving towards building the Avengers. Because remember what he said in the Avengers, like, you know, 
we need to we need to prepare. We need to let the whole world the whole world needs to know the whole galaxy needs to know that we can defend ourselves. If 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 Fury becomes aware of the larger that there's a whole two other empires that are basically about to try to invade Earth to be used as a strategic outpost to launch against the other ones, his is is that idea of his mind's going to be open to like we need to prepare. Well. Well, I think that's how Captain Marvel is going to end. But however it ends, but part of it's going to be that her mission is to tell the universe that this planet's off limits, right? And, and that the Avengers' response is uh, reminding the universe. Um, so we're doing between two palms, um, available on the UD Pod and the main MTR feed now. And we watched Winter Soldier last night. Hmm. And at one point, Nick Fury says, "The last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye," okay. which was a great little throwaway, kick-ass line in the movie. But now you're like, wait. Do you trust him because they were actually a scroll and that he lost the eye? Are we going to watch you losing the eye in Captain Marvel? What's happening yes, now? Yes. How I'm far wait- out have they planned this? Yeah, I'm waiting on that. I'm waiting on. I'm waiting on him to lose an eye this movie because he trusted somebody he thought wasn't a scroll and they were a scroll. Like I'm waiting. I know that's going to happen. Either that or the cat takes his eye. <laughs> also that uh, the the Cap Marvel movie we were just talking about was written by Kelly Thompson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So anyway. The Kree Squall War War kicks off. Um, it's a little bit all over the place, but the big but the big deal is that um, the Skrulls try to capture Captain Marvel because they want him to use, I think it's the, the Una Beam to kind of turn it into a weapon to 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 take down the Kree. The Kree still see him as a as a um, as a traitor because Ronan the Accuser has come back and has um, taken over from uh, taking taking control of the Kree Empire. Back from the, the the supreme intelligence, it's a whole big thing. And basically, what happens is the Avengers, Earth, and Captain Marvel are all caught in the middle. Um, what ends up, uh, uh, one of the things that happened at the beginning of this that kicks it off, though, is um, Rick Jones and 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 Marvel at the very very beginning of this, I think it's in eighty nine or ninety of Avengers, are finally separated. They're finally yep. separated. Uh, because of uh the radiation stuff, I actually thought this is what they were going to use to be the, the death of Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel, but they they don't actually go this way. Um, and um, so Rick Jones and now Captain Marvel are completely separated, but they end up get bonding back together because uh the Supreme Intelligence realizes that Rick Jones does actually have some power inside of him. He has a thing called the Destiny Force, and he uses the Destiny Force to basically, um, one, I love the fact that he. He's able to bring forth this golden, the golden age Marvel heroes to fight at one point, which I thought was yeah. actually hilarious. Because uh, again, there's, there's, uh, Rick Jones every now and then brings up comic books, and it's like it's just a breaking the fourth wall, like like self awareness meta thing. Because he remembers reading about again, he read comic books about like Captain Marvel. He, I mean, uh, Captain America about uh, Namor. So he brings them forth to kind of. Uh, Hope fight his battle, but he also realizes that he has this force inside of him, and Rick basically dies. In order to save him, Captain Marvel Marvel has to bond again with him again, so that him and Rick are once again bonded in in in, in body and mind uh, through the Nega bands. So, um, but yeah, that's basically the the we we, we kind of pared down a little bit there, but that's basically what happens in the Kree yeah. Scroll War. But you need, also need to understand that. So because that's called the Kreskal War does not mean it ended as the Kreskal War. Like that war goes on for that yeah. war continues. Um, was there anything else bigger uh, after that before going into the Thanos War, which we kind of already covered a little bit? 
I don't like the Crucial War is such a big story, not just for Captain Marvel, obviously, but it's it's one of those touchstone stories for the Marvel Universe. It was the kind of the culmination of Roy Thomas's a uh, year long years long Avengers run, and it it was one of those stories that that while it was of course about aliens and whatnot, it also touched on a lot of like themes like McCarthyism and kind of the world around you, the world outside your window that Marvel tries to um, create. And I thought that rereading it for this was a real joy for me because it reminded me how much I enjoy those stories, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's again, Marvel cosmic is just so, it's so crazy. It's it's just such a crazy, um, and weird world, especially when you start breaking in things like, you know, uh, uh, the, um, uh, you bring in the cosmic cube when you bring in the creed, the scroll you bring in, you start bringing the, the, the celestials and, and these cosmic entities like chaos and eternity and, and entropy and things like that. It's like, it's so all over the fucking place, but it, it's, it's all good. You know, it's not to say that it's not good. It definitely is good. So, um, so the next, I guess the next big thing here before, even before Thanos would be his power changing again. Oh Yeah. Because when he reemerges with Rick Jones, like his personality got surmised. They almost thought that Captain Marvel would sacrifice himself to save Rick, but more and more aspects of Marvel's personality were coming out. And so I forget the doctor's name. Hold on. I have it somewhere here. Give me one second. Sorry. No, I know what you're talking about too. Dr. Savannah, Professor Savannah, Mm -hmm. hit him with photon ray treatments. And that allowed them to reestablish their connection and give Marvel more tenure, uh, tenuous, a more less tenuous hold on reality. But it also let him, it made him stronger. His powers evolved again. And so all these things that are happening to Marvel, his powers are evolving, his powers are changing. And it's important because they're going to come to a head in the Thanos War. Yes. Um, we talked about this before. With the, again, we'll cover the, the Marvel important pieces here, but go back and listen to the Thanos episode. About this, but uh, Jim Starlin and 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 his vision for Marvel Cosmic to another level, bringing in Thanos. Um, and with Thanos came uh dealing with Captain Marvel. Uh, and uh, it's, um, I'm trying to think of what we didn't already cover in that. <laughs> Could we did it? Well, I mean, this is the first time, and this is the first time in my opinion it goes from. Oh, these are stories about space to full-on space operas because you've got things like um, universal constants, like you talked about. You got the the entire way he powers up again. Here is a a gift from a cosmic being named Eon. Like Drax is created here because another cosmic entity who is actually Thanos' father creates him, whose sole purpose is to kill Thanos. Like the introduction of Thanos as this big bad in space allowed the rest of the universe. She can populate with these characters and these themes, and Marvel actually gets dubbed the protector of the universe, giving him even more powers, including what they call cosmic awareness, which is still totally defined. I I love how all of the let's be honest here, all of the cosmic powers are poorly defined. What is Silver Surfer's powers? (laughs) He wields the power cosmic. What is that? That is a Unimportant question. What you asked was what his powers were, and I answered that question. I don't see why this, put, there's no room for a second follow up question. If you put cosmic in front of anything, it just becomes cosmic awareness. 
Okay, what does it mean? So I, this is me in my nerdery and my love of Captain Marvel and like all his lineage. Philovel is one of the best characters ever in comics. Um, they say that cosmic awareness allows you allows him to detect threats and perceive changes in the universe for as long as they're important to him for some reason. <laughs> it can also be used internally. Um, but so if it matters to you, so hypothetically, he's omniscient. As long as it matters to him. So like, hey, I hit by a bus. Why didn't you know? Um, I didn't know you. Didn't no, care. It, no, if it's someone you know, it's like it didn't matter to me. Okay, right. So, so honey, you 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 forgot that Valentine's Day is on Thursday. It's like yeah. I must have forgotten. Must but have you forgot. have cosmic awareness. I guess it didn't matter. Uh oh, like <laughs> it feels like a lot of asking for trouble. It's like it's like it's like look at that new movie uh what men want it's like you know and you know they had the movie before that what women want it's like it's like that but like worse. God, was what women want was that with Mel Gibson? Yeah. yeah. And Taraji's doing her thing before the movie drops. Okay, I see a theme. Yeah, I see yeah. a real theme. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, gotta stay on brand. Gotta stay on brand. Man. Um. Yeah, man. It's uh, God. It's well, so I, I'll, I'll put it this way though. Like, it's it stays pretty. The cosmic awareness stays pretty undefined until you get to right. Genesville, and then when he goes crazy in that fifth volume of Captain Marvel. Oh, I I start understanding it really really well. I'm like, it becomes a lot cool. I like how they use like that Peter David uses it as in a new way that made it really a lot more interesting. Yeah, just honestly, guys, that's what Peter David did with Aquaman. What he did, like I was I was prepared not to like those two volumes of Captain Marvel, and I was like, I need to read this again. Like when I'm not trying to, read <laughs> like, this is Peter David. It's what Peter David does. Comes, he just walks. You know what he is? He's not, we buy ugly houses of, of your comic books. Like, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Got decent bones. I can tear it down. Right. Up in here. He's over here fixing up comics, and he's a, oh, that's a, that's a little fixer upper over there. This is a Captain Marvel. What are you saying? He's got a son. That oh, he's not for Peter David. His great restoration work. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does great. So, oh, is this an original Peter David? Oh, this is amazing. Oh work. wow, he really remodeled. He took up that wall, didn't he? It's a lot more open in here. Right. Wow. Got that. Open, got the open concept I wanted right now. Sorry. Oh <laughs> my goodness! Look at these countertops. Um, but yeah, so he gains the cosmic aware, uh, cosmic awareness power, which, you know, again, when you think about it, this is a guy who was just, he was just a guy and he was just a space He's just a guy. With a gun. But guess a what? He's the best guy who ever lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On any planet. He's space Jesus. Yeah. Kind of does become that. He, I mean, he becomes the, you know, the big rules were like. Uh, the people who never come back are Gwen Stacy, Ben, um, Uncle Ben, and Barry Allen, and they brought back Barry Allen because Jeff Johns refused to let go of his childhood, and they brought back Gwen because, hey, look, Spider-Man makes us money, and Uncle Ben comes back occasionally. They will never bring back Marvel. Well, let's talk. Let's get into that then. This is the big thing. I mean, again, there's 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 several. I mean, the, the Captain Marvel books go on go on uh, span pretty well. I mean, they 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 have some pretty good runs in them. Um, but the, I think when you think Captain Marvel, particularly in the late 80s, the thing that comes up the most is basically one of, if not the first uh, Marvel graphic novel, which was written by Jim Starlin, and it was called The Death of Captain Marvel. 1982, man. Wow. Yeah. Um, in earlier issues, and they collect this in the front of this, in the early, in, in, in the collection they collect this, can't remember what issue is, I'll find it for the, the show notes. 
but he's fighting this villain called uh, Nito or Nitro or something like that. And there is uh, what is the what is the substance that's leaking? It's like compound, compound 13. thirteen. Yeah, compound thirteen is leaking out. And in order to stop this compound from getting this gas from getting out and killing a bunch of people, Marvel seals the the the, the container with his hands. He barehands it, seals it. You think nothing of it because again. That issue is part of the regular Captain Marvel series. You don't think about it. You don't, you, you keep reading. You're like, he gets knocked out afterwards. And then they wake up the next issue. Like nothing happened. And, and I would love to know if that was always a plan to pretend like nothing major came from. I think it, like, again, and I, and I hate to give like retroactive credit because you can't tell unless you ask, but without having learned the interviews, you have to think Starlin knew. I, I feel, I feel and like that's one of the things that you and I have talked about that is so important with some of these characters is that these create this creator, Jim Starlin had a plan with Marvel through and through. Yeah. He was always going to become the best of us. And he was always going to die. Yeah. And, and, and the reason why I always going to be a death that we had to watch. It wasn't like, Oh, he got killed during a fight. No, it's a death. The universe had to watch. And, and I feel like it had to, it had to be a plan because when you read the issues on their own, not part of the, um, the death of Captain Marvel uh, collection. It goes on. Like he passes out the end of the, the issue. Next issue, he kind of wakes up and they just go about their business. And nothing, like nothing happens. And so I feel like, but that happened for a reason. So right. when you actually get the graphic novel and read the graphic novel, basically um, uh, it's, it's uh, Marvel has, is, is, is gone to Titan with, uh, well, actually, no, he didn't, it's not Titan. He's, he's with mentor and Eros uh, you know, uh, Thanos's brother, uh, father and brother, and he's there to basically retrieve the body of Thanos, who's you know was, was you know at the end of the Thanos Wars was um, encased in stone uh, when when uh, his fight with um, Adam Warlock and Marvel is on some. He was a, he was an enemy, but he didn't deserve this. He should be back home, and so they all come together to take Thanos's body back to Titan. And uh, some of Titan, uh, some of Thanos's like minions show up, and they try to fight. And during the fight, I mean, between uh, Marvel and Captain Marvel and Eros and 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 Mentor, they take down these people easily. But like Marvel starts coughing, he seems weak, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And that's when you get that panel uh, when they go back to when when um, uh, Mentor uh, examines them. You get that panel where he says. He he explains what it is that 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 uh, Marvel has. It's, it's like they call it the the I think the Kree called the Black End. Uh, he calls I can't remember what the the people on Titan call it, uh, but he was like the Earth people call it cancer. And and Marvel goes <coughs> he had turned this cosmic awareness on himself, so he already had known it. Because as a matter of fact, before even all that, Eros had come in and walked in on him, basically uh, giving these um, these notes and and and, and writing basically. Uh, doing a memoir, memoir, a journal, an audio journal. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, you never know. I'm not going to be here that long. And Eros kind of blows it off. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? And um, he reveals that he's known he's had cancer. Also, we kind of didn't, uh, didn't mention this. This is one thing that did happen during the Thanos Wars is he meets uh, Elysium. Elysius? Was it Elysium or Elysia? Elysium. Elysium. And um, start, starts a relationship with her. It comes in important later on when it comes to her, the kids that, again, I love how this stuff just happens. It's just, <laughs> there was no your history. Just, Don't throw it away. Yeah. Cause just, there's more, more than you thought. Um, and, um, what you get, what you then get is 
a graphic novel of all of the heroes on Earth and all these people trying to come together to try to save uh, Captain Marvel with him pretty much accepting his fate. Right. And, man, it's hard. Yo, and the, the, the fact that, like, so basically it becomes people basically coming and giving their last respects to Captain Marvel. The scroll, send the fucking medal. Like, this is someone who is the bane of their race. They gave but him even they're like, yo. They gave him a medal of valor. They're basically like you. All fucking love in the world. Like, <laughs> he fought for what he believed in. Right. Which is all like the scroll, like the scroll or warrior race of the career kind of scientific and egalitarian. The scroll at their core or warrior race. So, of course, their greatest warrior, their greatest enemy would be highly exalted. The crease and no one, no help, no thank you, because he's still a traitor to them. Yeah. His own people disowned him. And, and it becomes like Tony tries to, like, and you're thinking, oh, what about all these? Trust me, they try it. Yeah. Stephen Strange tries it. Reed tries it. The greatest lines you can think, everyone's in this graphic novel because they all want to help Marvel because of everything he means to this universe. He's Superman. Mm-hmm. And you're watching Superman wither away and die at this enemy he can't punch, kick, or fight. And it's ripping these people apart. But the beauty of it all, like you already said, he's accepted it. He's come to terms. He's at peace. He's known. And the last thing he sees as he fades is Thanos. And he's not there to fight or to, to restart what they had. He's there to walk with Marvel alongside him towards death. Wow. This is Starlin's plan. Yeah. These are all the toys he built. Like he made these characters to tell this story. Yeah. What if we killed Superman? What if we what if we gave you Superman and what if we actually fucking kill him? Not in some big fight that we can sell four issues of. What if we give him cancer and no one ever misses? And he does not come back. And everyone's like, oh, and they do this like once or twice a decade where like the scroller attacking, and oh look, it's Captain Marvel and or the career back in a Captain Marvel protocol or whatever. It's never him. It always hurts. And it always reminds the characters in the book that, man, we miss Marvel. Yeah. Like there's, I know uh, we covered it in Thanos Imperative where there was the, um, the, uh, the, the other Marvel. And it was like, it, like, it really hurt because he was evil. And everybody's like, this is not, it can't be him. We saw him die. And it was a big deal about him dying then. Um, there's an there's a issue in Peter Davis' run with his son. Um, I'm trying to find the cover of it. Uh, the, the issue of it, where where because um remember it's, it's issue eleven, uh, Captain Marvel he meets his father, uh, uh, Genius meets his father, but um is his father from basically another alternate timeline, where Thanos right. won, but he is, but but Genius doesn't know that, but he gets, he finally gets to have a conversation with his father and it's it's it, again at every one of these moments it's 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 so good and even in that even in that world where Thanos won. He still had cancer. You know, it's it's a it's the one I, I want to say it's the one death. It's the one death in the Marvel universe that sticks there. Like you said, there's 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 Uncle Ben, but I feel like Uncle Ben wasn't like Uncle Ben died in the first issue. Like he wasn't like this isn't a character you sit there and read about. Like it his death matters, but like it's if it's if DC had had the 
Is it kept Barry Allen dead? Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. Because they were never going to keep Superman dead. But like, I think, like, going back and reading this, I... Because, of course, I wasn't alive when these books came out, so I read them all in retrospect. But now, like, reading them now, it's... Jim Starlin said, I'm going to give them Superman. I'm not just going to give them Superman. I'm going to watch... I'm going to let them... I'm going to build Superman in front of them. And then I'm going to fucking kill him. With some of the, again, with the States universe, it the fallout of Captain Marvel's death was so real in the Marvel universe. There, there's that panel where the rest of the heroes are looking amongst themselves because they're basically like, "Yo, why have we not put our resources together to beat cancer? Why yep. haven't we? Why haven't we done that? You know what? What? What were we doing? Let me see if I can find it. It's like, um, all doors slam and a room full of the world's most powerful beings fall silent. But isn't the irrational outburst of a youth uh, and, and pain that humbles them? For if Rick Jones had remained, he would have learned that all, all within that room had already arranged to go to Titan to work with a mentor in finding a cure for Marvel's, uh, Marvel's uh, illness. No, that which has subdued them is a common question they each ask themselves. Why? Why haven't we used our genius abilities, our genius abilities and powers to stamp out this dreaded killer before this? Each has his own answer. Each finds his own answer unsatisfactory. It's just, yeah, man. It's, it gets you, man. It gets you. It's the one thing that still matters, you know? You know, when the, when, when the scroll shows up and he's like, Captain Marvel, I greet you in the name of the Imperial Scroll Empire. I'm not here because you are our enemy, because you have been always been our greatest enemy. No being in the entire galaxy has ever faced our our arm might so bravely or thwarted our plans as many times as you have. You're quite possibly the greatest warrior who ever walked the stars. Uh, we scrolls are a martial race, and we have long respected your skills, deeds, and courage, even though you are our foe. That is why I, I have come by order of the Imperial Council to present this to you. The Royal Scroll Medal of Valor. He says, I salute you, Captain. May your passing be swift in your after, afterlife reward great <laughs> just mm. it is like yeah man that's the that's the that's the thing man that's the that's the death that that really matters in the marvel universe you know they'll never bring them back and they shouldn't <laughs> they should um all right so we're gonna end this in uh, this episode talking about uh the children of captain marvel <laughs> <laughs> so Alicia ends up impregnating herself with his genetic material basically um okay let, let me say something before you started um like doom's crazy like norman osborne's crazy genius bell's fucking insane <laughs> oh he doesn't start off that way but you're right we don't he didn't start off that way but the way, just know that this story ends with somebody in this story destroying the universe. Um, so uh, his girlfriend, because they weren't even married, impregnates herself with the genetic material, ends up having a Marvel son who first calls himself, I think, Legacy, and then ends up taking himself, calling himself uh, uh, Captain Marvel. I, I want to say his first appearance is in a Silver Surfer issue. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll make sure I put it in the show notes. He's in Silver Surfer Six. I think that's what it is. Uh, and yeah. then he shows up again in the Avengers Forever. The annual, sorry, Silver Annual Six. Annual sorry. Six. And then he shows up again in the Avengers Forever. 
uh, a version of him shows up. I think that's a future version of him shows up right. in the Avengers Forever miniseries where Rick Jones again has the Destiny Force brought out of him. He's almost on his deathbed. Uh, the Supreme Intelligence brings the Destiny Force out of him. And long story short, it ends up uh, Rick Jones saving the world with these, these Avengers from different time periods. Um, but the result is when he gets to return back to his current time period, he is once again bonded with, you heard it, Captain Marvel, who just happens to be so, genius. So when this happens in Avengers Forever, I'm a huge fan of Avengers Forever. I think I think it's Carlos Pacheco on art. I just his yeah. art's beautiful to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so during the conflict, it's a like you said, a future Captain Marvel, Genius Fell, fighting alongside them, and to win the day, he has to rebond with this future Genius Fell, and so they think it's just oh something they did to win. But when they go back, you're right. Rick finds out that he's been tied to this 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 this. Artificial life form who's half Captain Marvel and half artificial life form Elysius, who had been lied to his entire life and told that his father was Star Fox. Because guess what? If you have the son of space Jesus, it's important to hide him because he's probably got enemies. And also, we should also mention that um, uh, Marvel told Star Fox, "It's like, yo, take care of her." So, it's in more ways. And her's not a her. Remember that too. She's not a person. She's a machine. Or not a machine. She's a pseudo person. It was created by a computer on Titan that had been corrupted by Thanos. This is all a really big do you even sci-fi bro. Like this is a just, yes, all of it. Yeah. Every bit of it. So um Peter David takes over writing uh Captain Marvel. <laughs> and so this is Captain Marvel, I think, uh volumes four and then five. Volume oh, four yeah. is basically <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like I really it's it's, it's almost lighthearted a little bit. It's because, Firestorm. It's the odd couple. It's except it's split. It's, it's it's Dick Grayson being the the cheery Batman and Damien's surly Robin. It's um, <laughs> Rick Jones is no longer the happy go lucky sidekick. He's the jaded. I've almost died like seventeen thousand goddamn times. Rick Jones and this genius Bell who is a dickhead because he's an alien and he yeah. doesn't understand Rick Jones's human sensibilities. And so it's like the will they won't they get along? It feels like a sitcom at first. It, it really does. At one point, they realize... They're doing good, though. They're doing good stuff. Yeah, they're doing good stuff. Uh, but they come across uh, a young girl who's kind of changing reality. And they start noticing certain things are starting changing. Like, when they change places, Rick does not end up in... They don't end up in the negative zone. They end up in the microverse. So it's these little things. And, right. and the microverse has all... Like, Rick has a whole life in the microverse. It is... It's one of those things, you know, whatever happens in the microverse stays in the microverse. Like, it's, it's very, very weird um, how it works. But, no, the series, I, I really like the series. Um, the other thing, too, that, that, that should be pointed out here, um, Genesville is trying to figure out his powers, too. He doesn't understand how all this stuff works. And he, he has the cosmic awareness, but he's not exactly sure how to use it. And what's happening early on in here is he sees things that might happen before they happen. So it's almost like it's clairvoyancy a little bit. Um, so, uh, and they kind of go through this. And, and how many issues is this? Oh, I can't remember how. Is, it the first, is, this, is this first run like 25 issues? I think so, yeah. I think it's like 25 issues, right? And, and again, it's, it starts off, it's 35 issues, sorry. 35, 35 issues. Um, and and like you said, it, it it starts off not kind of like heart lightheartedness, but you know their plan is to kind of figure out what these changes in this world are, 
and 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 deal with it. It's like again, the alternating between regular universe and microverse. Um, and like, it, there's some, there's some, like, I know you're right. It's not all lighthearted, but there's some sitcom tropes. Like, Rick is married. Gina Spell's kind of a hoe. Like, it, and they can, as opposed to just hearing each other's thoughts, they can see each other's experiences when they're in the microverse. Yo, like when, when, when Gina Spell says, he says, like, tells, tells Marlo's, like, yeah, you can call me. Marlo's his, his, his wife, uh, Rick's, Rick's wife. It's like, yeah, you can call me anytime you want because she doesn't know at that time that, that, uh, that Rick and, and Marvel are bonded. And Marvel's like, yeah, you can call me anytime you wanted. And Rick's like, what are you doing? You do not talk to my <laughs> wife that way. He's like, what are you talking about? It's like, no, no, we are not doing it. Like, it's, it, it is, it is funny because, like I said, um, uh, with Captain Marvel and, and Rick being bonded, this was like a, you know, it was, it was a friendship. That, and, this, and this one turns into friendship too eventually. But again, you got, you got Rick now, like you said, being, he's now like, he's the guy in the chair almost. You know, mm-hmm. he's the one who has the knowledge. He's the annoyed guy in the chair. Huh? Yeah, the, annoyed, the annoyed guy. Yeah, the, the annoyed guy, guy in the chair is like, yo, dude, what are we doing here? Why am I, what's going on here? Like, there's the, the funniest one is, so Rick and, and his wife, Marlo, are, are, are kind of like separated right now. So they try to get back together. So they have a date night, right? And also at this point, because something happened with her, she's seeing this, this dead girl she worked with, and, <laughs> and Rick is have, has, has Marvel uh, has, has genius in in in, his, in in the microverse right, and they're having their date, and so they're both kind of talking to the, the other people that the world can't see. Then they start having sex, and it's fucking hilarious. Because <laughs> Marvel's like, "Listen, we got to change positions." Like, wait, no, that's not what I mean. We we I I have this thing we got to go do because Moon Dragon is calling us. Like, what do you? The Moon Dragon calls up. Marvel's like, "What's going on here? I need you guys back." And he's like, "What is Rick doing right now?" And she goes, "Oh, oh, oh I see." I see Rick kind of busy right now. I'll take care of it myself. Like it is, it's actually pretty lighthearted and funny. Like I said, there are some serious things that happen here, um, with it, but um, it's uh, it's funny. It it, it 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 it's funny. And again, I think Peter David did this to set you guys up. Yeah. Because then we get volume five. Um, so during that first volume, you have this whole thing where, you know, Genesville is getting used to his powers. He still doesn't fully understand the cosmic, the, the cosmic awareness and how it works. Um, in the next volume, he, for the most, he figures out how to work the cosmic awareness. Um, but it goes bad. Because bad. what Peter David reveals is that the cosmic awareness basically makes him aware of everything in the cosmic. And genius goes insane because of knowing all this stuff. And what finally does it for him is he's, he's going around saving the different things. And even Rick's telling him, it's like, Hey dude, slow down. What the fuck you, what the fuck's going on? Like, why are you running from place to place? He's like, yo, I can save them all. He finally gets this part where he can't be in two places at once. And there's, a girl about to be beaten by her, her uh, an alien girl on this alien planet about to be beat by her, her boyfriend, or the the I think it's the Badoon are about to the um, uh, wipe out this 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 alien this other alien race. So he was like, "Yo, save the many versus saving the one." He goes to stop uh, the the genocide, and and right in the middle of doing that, all of a sudden, again becomes he becomes cosmically aware. He becomes aware 
of what that girl that got killed could have been. And it's revealed that right. she could have been basically the savior of the universe. She could have been the, she could have used her upbringing to then come in and then been the greatest peacemaker the universe has ever seen. And, uh, Jeannie goes mad. Um, he, uh, he goes, he goes and, and meets the Punisher and has the Punisher basically teach him how to basically be a mass murderer. Which when is, things are going wrong, don't call Frank. <laughs> well, like, what, like, like, okay. <laughs> when things are going wrong and there are people to shoot, call Frank. <laughs> but if things are going wrong emotionally and you need someone to be a sounding board to make you make an emotionally healthy decision, don't call Frank. Oh, yeah. yeah no, Frank's not, Frank's not that kind of. He's not here to help that. No. No, Frank's not. That's not, that's not Frank. That's not Frank. Um, but what I love about how they did it was Frank is in the middle of trying to kill somebody and Marvel stops him. He, Marvel actually kills the guy that... So Frank's about to kill this one guy and he's holding this other guy hostage. Marvel kills the hostage guy and Frank's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, oh no, this guy, he smothered his, his, his baby sister. He uh, raped this girl in high school. He has thoughts about raping this, his coworker right now. That's why I killed him. And he lets the other guy go. He's like, why are you let the other guy go? He was like, oh, because that guy is going to get picked up next week. He's going to go to jail and then he's going to turn his whole life around, become like a, a jailhouse preacher and, 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 and help reduce other people going to crime. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, right. then, uh, then there's a time when, when he goes and Frank, um, they go stop this one guy and Marvel gives the guy like a little bit of a taste of the cosmic awareness. The guy goes in the ring and Frank's like, where's he going? He's like, I was going to go kill his eight year old son. He's like, Frank's like, what the fuck? So Frank kills the guy and he was like, mm, Frank, you shouldn't have done that. He's like, cause you just killed this, 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 this kid's parent father in front of him. And he gave, uh, he, he lets Frank see what, what, what the future is. And Frank realizes that kid's going to then grow up to kill him because he to get revenge for his father being dead. It's like, this is the, mm. it, it gives you this, it gives you a sense into why Marvel, why, why Gen, Gen, uh, Genus has gone crazy. Cause you're like, right. dude, nobody should know all this shit. You can't make these kind of decisions because that's going to drive you fucking crazy. And it does drive him crazy. He goes back to the Cree, becomes a a a a a, a new Cree. He um, uh, uh, he also finds out that uh, at the, at the same time, um, uh, uh, Rick is dealing in the microverse. You he end up dealing with uh, entropy and, and, and epiphany, which <clears> goes <throat> back to the whole cosmic entity sections of all this stuff, and they're trying to get uh, a genius to basically destroy the multiverse. Which they do. Yeah. 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 Um, it's revealed that all of a sudden now uh, he has a new sister. He has a sister now. So uh, in reading about this, I didn't know stuff. I learned something about this. Last Thursdayism or the five-minute hypothesis is a skeptical hypothesis put forth by a philosopher that proposes the universe sprang into existence five minutes ago from nothing with human and memory and all other signs of history included. So basically, when they brought the universe back, that's what happened. He, he recreated it with everything intact, but there were changes. 
No one knows Genus is crazy. And he invented a sister. Mm-hmm. Who would later also be known as Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Because why not? Your genius is crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's, it's actually a really good series. It really, it's really good. No, it's really good, but genius is really crazy. No, no, he's fucking insane. Um, do you want to go any further than this, or do you think that's a good place to... It's just like a good stopping point. I think genius recreating the damn multiverse is a good stopping point. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, so we'll cover... We might come back and touch a little bit more on genius and, 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 and um, assessor and uh, in the next episode, but um, the next episode will basically focus on uh, Monica and Carol. And going into those two ladies who also donned the name Captain Marvel, so. but I think there's a you know, we actually we were worried about we weren't going to be able to get enough in from Captain Marvel. We did almost an hour and a half on it. I re I reread that Genius series like three times. Oh, it's so good though. Like I, I it's my first time I was reading. Like it. yo, Peter David's a psychopath. <laughs> it's my first time reading it, and I was like, yo, this is actually like I was speed reading through it. I'm like, I actually think I need to go back and reread this, take my time because. This is actually pretty good. But the thing I love about it, and this is the thing I like about all of this, more and more I read this stuff, the more and more I think about some of the other previous stuff I read, and I'm like all of this stuff, it's like similar. It's all tied together. You know, when, when you, when, when, when in that issue you realize that it's entropy and epiphany behind uh, Gene is going insane, you're like, these cosmic, these cosmic enemies are always behind this shit. Right. And it reminded me, and we're gonna we're gonna bring some of this up again when we talk about the Ultimates, because when we talk about Monica Rambo, we gotta talk about the Ultimates run and what's happening with the Ultimates. And shit, we're gonna talk about Monica and Carol because Carol's on that team as well. So it's like all this stuff is in there, and it's all related, and it's all fucking crazy, and it's all trippy, and but it all quietly starts making sense, <clears throat> you know. So, um, but anyway, there you guys have it. That is part one of Captain Marvel. Uh, we will be back soon. We're not going to take that much long of a break. We're going to try to get the second part out way before the, at least a week before the uh, movie comes out. So, uh, which means, so that means we'll probably have to record that in about a couple weeks or not. So uh, just stay tuned. We'll get to Monica and, uh, and Carol. And then after that, we got to do uh, Sazam and then we're doing Iron Man. So yeah, folks, make sure you subscribe. Character Corner, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, um, Spotify. Uh, also, we have plenty of stuff coming out on premium as well. We just did a joint episode that's being joint posted on Where's My 40 Acres and MTR Premium uh, on uh, Abducted in Plain Sight. Uh, we're also going to be doing um, the Combo Book Club coming back this month. We're going to do volumes one and two of, uh, of The Wicked and Divine. And we're also going to do uh, the Kelly Sue DeConnick um, Captain Marvel run as well. So just stay tuned for all that stuff. So. Sign up for that. Go to uh, mtrnumber.net and go to the premium tab and sign up for premium uh, to get those episodes there. So, again, folks, thank you guys very much for listening. And until next time, we're out of here. Peace. Peace.